0: I mean, it's kind of cute, right? Hello, and welcome back to Kind of Cute. And if you are new here, welcome. My name is Bailey Evan, and on Kind of Cute, we discuss articles from The Cut and my general pop culture musings. I was so sad last week that I forgot to talk about The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. And I'm not here to do recaps. There are so many amazing Bravo recap shows out there. But I'm just here to tell you, if you are sleeping on Salt Lake City, get into it. And for some reason, they released the third episode of it, which is not supposed to air until next week. And it's probably because it's Thanksgiving. It's supposed to come out next Wednesday. So they released it on the Bravo app this week early. So you can watch all three episodes if you have the Bravo app. And... Those girls are just as crazy as I was hoping for. They are just serving it. The drama, oh my God. And I know one of the storylines that everyone is intrigued with is Mary. And she is married to her step-grandpa. Now this is like quite a point of the storyline on the series so far. And she goes into it a little bit and she says that her grandmother, when she died, she wanted Mary to marry her step-grandfather. She calls it an arranged marriage. And everyone's just sort of scratching their head. In the most recent episode I watched, she's like, yeah, we didn't have sex on our wedding night. I was creeped out. I was only like 22. I pretended to have my period for two weeks. Like, I mean, awful. So I found this Reddit post and, And it's called The Tea on Mary and Her Step-Grandfather Slash Husband. Now, someone found this was like a comment on an article about uh, Mary's church that she uh, preaches at. And I don't want to get sued. This is literally something, this is just hearsay. I'm not saying any of this is true. But I kind of wanted to go into this because talk about some juice. So... It says that Mary had a husband before she married the bishop, who is her step-grandfather. And his name was Dana Harris. So when Mary's grandma, which they call mama, died in 1997, the bishop, who his name's Robert, right, Robert Sr., Um, he would tell everyone in his congregation that they should leave him alone and that he's not going to get with anyone and that God already sent Mary Martha to comfort him in his time of mourning. And so Mary Martha was spending a lot of time with him. And of course the rumors started going and everyone, she was like, Oh, I'm just comforting him. There's nothing more to it. But then Robert called out Dana, who was Mary's first husband, right? Who I don't think has been mentioned on the show. I haven't heard him mentioned. And he said that, Dana, her first husband, was forcing Martha to perform unclean sex acts on him, a.k.a. oral sex. And then he kicked Dana out of the church. And then the bishop called a family meeting and that told all of the people in the family that they needed to pray on something and to tell him yes or no. But he wouldn't tell them what he he was asking them to pray about. But apparently it was to allow him to marry Mary Martha. I'm sorry. All these words are like, it's, it's a lot. Okay. So that is actually how him and Mary Martha got married only one year after his previous wife and Mary Martha's grandmother died. So Mary Ma- Martha's mom named Rozzy, she was the choir director at the time. And she was pissed that her daughter was effectively taking over the church that really should have been hers because it should have fallen in line from her mother to her. So to me, this seems like a way for the Bishop Robert senior to keep control of the church and to get to marry a 22 year old, which is just sick. So then Rozzy went and opened her own congregation called mama's faith temple. And apparently both of these people teach that they are God. Like Mary Martha and the bishop teach that they are God and so does Mary Martha's mom. So this post goes on to say that Mary Martha and the bishop actively brainwashed their congregation into believing that they are God on earth, that God came down and has taken over their bodies and they are literally the saviors of the earth. They call it the revelation. So I guess I... Uh, Mama, which is Mary Martha's grandma, used to say this as well before she died. And the church members would run around and yell, Mary is God, speak in tongues, going crazy over her. And now Mary Martha took over and it's now it's Mary is God. And the only way to be saved is to say that and get in on this whole revelation thing. So this person is really taking issue with the fact that Mary Martha is effectively preaching that she is God and her stance is that they are cult leaders and that Mary Martha is the head honcho of the whole operation. So Mary and the bishop justify it by saying that they're actually not worshiping them. You're worshiping God because they are God. The God is inside of them. And that's kind of their way around this, I guess, and saying that it's not... A cult, and this this post is really long and it goes into other things that they say are classic manipulation techniques and it says because church members aren't being beat up belittled and brainwashed in person every sunday anymore with covid so they're trying to manipulate them further through that by making the uh Church members have their cell phones on them 24-7 to be at their beck and call. And if they don't answer when they call, they are silenced and ridiculed and humiliated in the church. Which actually sounds really similar to the Nexium stuff that we talked about. And it says members are not allowed to date or marry without the explicit approval of Mary and the bishop. And they decide who they can date or marry. They're forbidden from talking to their family members that have left the church. They're not allowed to have internet access, go to the movies etc etc so again very kind of controlling if any of that is true then here is another big part of juice it says mary looks nothing like she did just a few short years ago her and the bishop disappeared from the church for almost three years in the time they were gone uh she was saying that she was in new york getting boils removed but Really, people are saying she she showed up after three years with half the nose she had before, twice the cheeks, brand new eyelids, half the skin, a completely different rack of teeth, and looking lighter skinned with blonde hair. And then it says she forbids her followers from having blonde hair. And <laughs> she says that she's had no work done and that she's been illuminated by God. Now, if you've watched the show at all, you'll know that Mary has very eccentric style. She loves a designer piece. She doesn't care if it's ugly, ugly. (laughs) but everything it's, it's Gucci, Versace, Balenciaga, you know, she seems to really lean towards the Gucci and the Versace, and it's just very, very over the top. Um... (laughs) So you're kind of like, well, this money has to be coming from somewhere. So it does make you think, I mean, are these church members being very highly persuaded to tie the large part of their earnings to the church to support her Versace habit. And the final note that this comment says that I was telling you about that's on Reddit is not my own thoughts. None of this is necessarily factual. It says she wasn't forced into marrying anybody. I would be surprised if her and Bishop weren't screwing before Mama died. I can't prove it, but I would definitely be surprised and you can be damn sure that her grandmother is going to whoop her naughty little butt before she burns in hell for all the lives she's ruined and wicked acts she's committed so that is some steaming hot tea again if you haven't watched this show please just get into it there's there's such characters on it jen is so entertaining a little sensitive lisa just seems like a total bitch meredith is kind of growing on me she has the sassiest gay son that i am obsessed with he's also like very harsh and clearly like a little full of himself but i'm into it i love it Okay, enough of that. But I just felt like, again, I have to convince you guys all to watch so that you can discuss with me. You know how last week we talked about Dash and Lily and I was very disturbed by the fact that I couldn't figure out why Two Boots was so heavily featured. Very happy for them, just didn't understand why. Well, I still don't really know why. But recently, Two Boots finally acknowledged the fact that this was heavily filmed at their establishment and they posted on their Instagram and they're like we're loving Dash and Lily has anyone else watched like it was filmed at Two Boots in in the East Village and I think it was the East Village Um I just had to let you guys know that. All right, something a little more serious. I wanted to talk about the fact that Scooter Braun sold the rights to Taylor Swift's first six masters for a whopping $300 million. People were speculating actually that Taylor had created an entity and bought it back herself. But she released a statement after this happened. And she said that, among other things, again, it was sort of a long statement. She said, Scooter's team wanted me to sign an ironclad NDA stating, I would never say another word about Scooter Braun unless it was positive. I would have to sign a document that would silence me forever before I could even have a chance to bid on my own work. He would never even quote my team a price. These master recordings were not for sale to me. So I think her point is, It was just sort of this illusion of him offering to sell them to her and that he was never actually going to follow through on it. But the interesting part of this is that the entity that bought it is called Shamrock Holdings. And it was founded by Roy E. Disney's investment firm. So I did a little Googling and they have this dilapidated website. It looks like the original Sir website, which looks like something I would have made on like angel fire when I was 10 years old. And it says Shamrock Holdings Inc., was founded by the late Roy E. Disney in 1978 and serves as the investment vehicle for certain members of the Roy E. Disney family. Shamrock's tenants are straightforward. Invest and act with integrity, responsibility, and transparency. In addition to investing and providing services to the Disney family, Shamrock, through a subsidiary, manages several real estate investment programs. So are we going to get like a Disney crossover? Is this so ABC can use Taylor Swift songs on Dancing with the Stars? Like, I'm very intrigued to see why they bought this, where they're going with it. What is the share subsidiary that Shamrock works through? Why do they have such a gross website? Like, please Google Shamrock.com and you will see what I mean. Speaking of Taylor, I had a friend speculating that when she was on the cover with, is it Rolling Stone with Paul McCartney? Um, It is? Okay. She is wearing kind of a baggy sweater. And so my friend was like, well, maybe she is hiding a baby bump. And I'm just saying my friend because I, myself include. I never want to, you know, I don't want to say someone's pregnant and insinuate that like, they're looking a certain way or that they should be pregnant at a certain time it's not that it was just sort of an interesting look and an interesting pose and I would totally not be surprised if Taylor did get pregnant or is married or who knows like she loves a surprise and I could see especially with COVID with people doing things really on the down low. She might have just been like, you know, it's time. I don't need a big wedding. I'm going to marry this man. He's the love of my life, even though he looks like a bagel, but let's do it. So I just want to throw that out there in case she does turn out being pregnant. You can, you know, rewind this clip and say that my friend is psychic because this is I would not have thought that she's the one who who brought that to my attention. In other big celebrity news, Jason Sudeikis and Olivia Wilde broke up, which they actually weren't even married, but they've been together so long and like basically operated as a married couple that I think it was one of those breakups like I was actually shocked about. Like I saw it when I was out and I was with Kenzie and I said, oh shit, like out loud at the dinner table because I couldn't really believe it. But honestly, I've heard that Florence Pugh and Zach Braff are breaking up or like on a break or just like kind of on the rocks. And then Olivia broke up with her boo and Conveniently, Olivia and Florence Pugh are about to be in a movie with Harry Styles. So uh, sounds like they want to get down with Harry Styles. Can't blame them. Uh, speaking of like scandals, have you guys seen the show industry on HBO? Actually, I bet Taylor Swift loves it. She probably like plays London boy and then watches industry. And you know, it's just very dramatic. It's about these like investment bankers who work in London. They've all come from these posh schools and well, not all of them. There's one American girl and she seems to be hiding a, a past and it's, it's corn. It kind of feels like I didn't watch a lot of Shonda Rhimes shows, but it feels Shonda Rhymesian to me. Uh, Cause it kind of reminds me of how to get away with murder. Not that, not thematically just like there's something about it that kind of reminds me of that. And I don't know. It has some like succession vibes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it's it's definitely worth watching. But let me warn you, there is a lot of uncircumcised schlongadongs schlonging along and around. OK, I you know, it's one of those things that makes you realize you are desensitized to certain things, because if I see a full frontal on a woman, I don't and maybe it's just Because I am a woman, a lot of times I don't think about it. And since I was younger, I've always had an issue with that that like films and TV will show so freely show like women titties, women frontal, women booty, but on men, they'll only show booty, you know? And it's just kind of like. But then you see full frontal when it looks like a. Yeah, and you see a little limp sock schlongadong, and you're like, maybe I don't need to see it. So I just wanted to warn you of that in case you're watching with your parents or something. Um, and then I found out at the end of the first episode that Lena Dunham directed the first episode. So it kind of made sense, I guess, in that one. But she didn't direct the first or the second one. And there's only two episodes out. So I don't know. I just want to throw that out there in case you're interested. Michael B. Jordan was named Sexiest Man Alive Guys, this is Bailey from the future, and I actually just had to edit out what I just said here about Michael P. Jordan because it was too inappropriate, but he's just beautiful, and I'm very happy for him, and maybe someday I will feel comfortable enough where I can uh, say more inappropriate things. <laughs> Anyways, moving on to something a little more um, educational. Dolly Parton is partially responsible for funding the COVID vaccine that's you know coming out soon hopefully uh, yes yeah, she's amazing so according to CNN though she made the one million dollar donation and she knew she was making it to COVID research but she didn't know exactly where it was going to end up so she didn't know that that money helped fund it until she saw her name appearing among other sponsors in a preliminary report on the vaccine so that's amazing we love Dolly Our first article of the day is called JLo's Beauty Line will be here very soon by Erica Smith. Now, I want to talk about this because just recently it was announced Pharrell was coming out with a skincare line. And this is my issue. Obviously, Pharrell and JLo are stunning. They age backwards. But do not try to tell me that you're getting that from something that's coming out of a bottle that you are now gonna sell under your name. Like, there's just no way. JLo, she's probably got a little work done. I'm sure she gets a weekly facial, at a minimum. She, I'm sure, is no stranger to injectables. Pharrell, and same with JLo, they have incredible genes. So, will I probably buy both of these things to try out and tell you about? Yeah. But it just makes me a little wary because I'm like, what I really want you to come out with is telling me everything that you use. And remember a few weeks ago when we went through JLo's entire beauty writer? I'll tell you what I didn't see on there. Anything about JLo's secret skincare that hadn't come out yet. That wasn't on the list. So I'm a little skeptical. Let's just put it that way. But I think JLo's is going to be skincare and beauty, maybe like a mixture And she's just so glowing and pretty, and I, oh, honestly, like, there is nothing more beautiful than her face, but again, does anyone share this with me, like, the skepticism? I I just want to know who your doctor is, exactly what services you're getting, exactly what you eat and drink. I mean, JLo doesn't drink, so, like, maybe that adds to it, too. I'm pretty sure she doesn't eat a lot of sugar, She's living that Mormon lifestyle. Girls got it going on without JLo beauty. All right, moving on. Our next article is so petty, and I live for petty drama. We love a niche moment on this podcast, so I hope you appreciate this as much as I do. Nigella Lawson, who is just another... Everyone we're talking about is just so gorgeous and glowing this week. She's just stunning and she's had you know sort of a tumultuous past with the whole thing with her husband and if you haven't heard that story look that up it's juicy it's sad but juicy so she had a bbc a bbc show called nigella's eat cook repeat So on it, she showed how she butters her toast. Now, what she does is she takes an old-fashioned sandwich loaf, and then she takes this two-stage buttering approach. So when the bread is still hot from the toaster, she slathers on one layer of unsalted butter, butter, and then once it's cooled down just a tad, she adds another layer followed by a sprinkle of salt. And this is from the article, Could This Be the Most British Scandal of All Time? by Amanda Arnold. Now, Kinsey and I were just talking the other day about how good English toast is. There is just something about it that is lip-smackingly delicious. And maybe it's because they're actually doing this two-stage buttering approach that I've never tried in my entire life. And that's what I've been missing out on. So you're damn right. Next time I make toast, I'm going to do the two-stage buttering approach. And I always put flaky salt on my toast. So that is not new to me, but that really does elevate it a little bit. Now, apparently, though, after she did this segment on her show, everyone flipped out and people were enraged that Nigella would teach something as obvious as buttering toast, which is, as this article points out, one of Britain's most beloved activities. But someone else said that the two-layer technique is not conventional. So her viewers might have learned something new. And I'm on that side of this buttering bread conundrum. Uh, again, I feel like you can, the, sometimes it's the simplest things that you learn from cooking that make the biggest difference. Like literally, when I got maldon sea salt and started putting it on everything, my life was changed for the better. And no one can tell me otherwise. Is my sodium probably through the roof? Yeah. Is my life better every time I do it? Also, yeah, I would trade, you know, two years off of my life for all the melts and sea salt I can fit in this body. I just paused and Kinsey was like, and do we also find little pyramid salts all over the ground? Yes, we do. And that is also true. I leave a trail of it. It's like my fairy dust. My friends used to always say like I would come into a room and it would just like leave in a cloud of glitter. And I was always so flattered by that. But if people now want to start saying that I leave and it's a cloud of Maldon flaky sea salt, I am also okay with that. So if y'all are loyal listeners, you know, I love doing these scent memory articles that the cut does and this week we have another queen i'm telling you how many times can i say queen this episode but miss angelica houston herself and it's called angelica houston loves a fresh crispy sheet by kathleen howe now of course celebs always do this when they're trying to sell their you know scents, but this is interesting because this isn't angelica's own scent but she's doing a collab with gucci bloom and she's one of the faces of the campaign and she starts out by saying that she got her first Gucci handbag when she was like 12 which is très magnifique i also was like a little designer handbag hoe and had my first designer shit when i was way too young to have designer shit let's put it that way and it spoiled me for life and you know when i read that Imrata article that was like that sketchy dude who raped her who said or i'm sorry ramy rape again don't want to get sued who was disgusting, the photographer, he told her that he, she would never make money because she'd spend it all on handbags. And honestly, I've been thinking about that and I can't tell if it makes me more wanting to spend my money on handbags or less. And I'm like, no, that man is not going to control my purchasing power. <laughs> Anyways, okay, so this the concept of these articles is talking about, you know, scent memories and what you associate things with. And she says that happiness smells like English roses because they always smell the best. And that is true. I'm telling you guys, English roses hit different. Sometimes I will catch a whiff of something here that kind of smells like an English rose. And it's like a time warp. It brings me back, man. It's a powerful smell. If you haven't been over to the English countryside to smell them, I know that sounded very pretentious, but I highly recommend it. And then she says that... Friendship smells like bamboo, something earthy and fresh. Friendship has everything to do with honesty and being upfront, just like bamboo. Its shape is straight, upwards, and flexible. It can do many things. Bamboo can bend, and it can be one shape when it's dried and then raw. It's another. It's a miraculous wood. I mean, she really pulled for that metaphor. I don't know what part of the brain that came from, but Bravo. And then she says, success smells like very expensive perfume with maybe a little champagne thrown in and a nice large tin of beluga caviar. If I didn't already think that this woman screamed luxury, that really cemented it for me. I would just like to put it out in the universe that before she dies or before I die, there is nothing I would love more than having champagne And some caviar with Angelica Houston. The only thing that could make it better is if Harry Styles was there as well. And like maybe like someone I actually know in real life to kind of bridge the awkwardness. But there wouldn't be awkwardness because I'd just be drunk on champagne. Guys, let me live these fantasies, okay? It's the one time I can do it. And then she says that in her country abode, she literally says abode, that she has horses, goats, sheep, ponies, ducks, chickens. And I know that is Kinsey's dream, so I really think we get along well with her, you know? And then she says the first thing she smells in the morning is her fresh, starchy pillowcase from the night before. And she says, I really like a crispy sheet. And then for the last thing she smells before bed, she says, my fresh, crispy sheet. So she says, crispy sheet twice now I've heard of a crisp sheet I don't know if I've ever called it crispy but maybe I'll start now and then this is the last line and I mean the poeticness these are moments when I don't have a significant other so my sleeping partners are mostly furry it's okay and I feel the same way don't we Gurky? he's sitting on my lap right now Oh, love this little guy. Who needs a man? We don't need no man. All right, guys. And one little last update. This is called the Eco Yogi Slumlords of Brooklyn are getting sued by Bridget Reed. If you'll recall a few episodes back, we went in deep about this couple and these crazy landlords, and just how they were repurposing buildings that were not meant for multiple people and putting them all in there. Just just a very strange story. We talked all about it. I should have looked up the episode number. I apologize. But in a press release, the mayor's office of New York announced that the city is seeking civil penalties against the couple for violating eviction law for tenant harassment and for construction and code evictions. So I just thought that was a little, you know, throwback to what we discussed before. But let's get into our legit shit for the day. And I'm sorry if this has been like the Most disjointed podcast ever. I'm actually going to a cabin with my family. We're driving there. It's gonna be nice and peaceful. And I was trying like to get this done because we're kind of starting the journey tomorrow. So I apologize if it was rushed and not my best. And I'm sort of on the fence if I'm going to record next week while I'm on vacation. But you might be getting a special edition from North Carolina podcast. I'm going to bring my equipment with me just in case. So we'll see. Hopefully I will be here next week. And I have two legit shits for you. First up is the Sally Gel Nail Polish. Guys, I don't usually paint my own nails because I am awful at it. So I usually have on dip polish nails on my fingernails and a lot of times I'll even get gel on my toenails but with COVID obviously I was trying to like you know get my get my juices flowing my creative juices flowing paint my own nails and the Sally Hansen miracle gel polishes are so good especially if you get the top coat so get the top coat and get one of the colors and I like like a thick polish, so they're nice and thick. They give you a little volume on your nails, like that's what they say, like two times the volume. And you don't have to use them with a light or anything; it's just like a regular polish. So if you're looking for good ones, I really recommend that. And then I have a little skincare recommendation for you as well. It's from this line called Cosrx. It's a Korean skincare brand. I've I love experimenting with Korean skincare and a lot of times it's really affordable, way more affordable than the American equivalent of whatever it would be. So I've been loving a lot of things from COSRX, but the one I wanted to talk about this week is the AHA-7 Whitehead Power Liquid. It's $21 at Ulta and this stuff, like it's a pretty strong glycolic acid. And it's made with apple enzymes, like the main ingredient, and it like goes to work. You feel it. It sings a little bit the first time, but I'm telling you, if you have like a lot of little closed uh, comedones type things, which I really struggle with, this shit like clears those out. So give it a try. If your skin's really sensitive, you know, maybe ease into it, do a spot test, but try it out. It's 21 bucks and get the Sally Hansen gel polish and girl, you're good to go. All right, I'll see you guys maybe next week, maybe the week after. Have a happy Thanksgiving if I don't see you before then and I'll see you next. I'll see you someday. (laughs) Bye!